0: We welcome into the program Jerry Hill from Baylor University. Jerry, good morning. How are
1: you? Tommy, it's good, man. It's a Monday morning. We're ready to roll, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, let's begin with with acrobatics and tumbling. Uh, this has become an old hat, isn't it? Seven straight championships?
1: Yeah, and and you know, the thing about it is that, you know, I think people, some people would, you know, kind of poo-poo that and, oh, there's not that many... Well, you know they're over forty teams now, so it's not like you know they're one of five or six, which is really how it was when it started. There were literally six teams when it started. Now there's more competition, and honestly, the gap has narrowed. I mean, you know they had a couple of you know very tight uh, meets in that. So yeah, I mean it is old hat, particularly for uh, Coach Fee. She's uh, she's won all eleven of the uh, NCATA. National championships.
0: Okay, so you just went through those letters. I didn't hear NCAA. I heard N-C-A-T. What's the difference?
1: Um, Well, that's the uh, governing body of uh, acrobatics and tumbling right now. Uh, National Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling Association. There you go. All right. So that's the governing body right now, but now there are over 40 teams, which is what the NCAA requires for championship status. Um, and so the, uh, until now they've been an emerging sport, once you have 40 teams that go through a full year competing, I believe it's with like 18 people, uh, and in six meets once they get through that year, then they can, uh, achieve the championship status. So it really would be an NCAA championship, which we all know.
0: Hey, uh quick thought real quick. And then, uh, we'll start moving around a little bit, uh, the reunion, the 2012 reunion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. It sounded like it was a, a really cool deal.
1: It was Tommy. Um, You know, and I honestly, I think you should have been a part of that. I don't know that you were invited, but I think you should have been, you were, you were a big part of that. And, and uh, it was fun. I mean, they're, you know, obviously that was a great team, unbelievable streak that they went on and um, you know, uh, beating, sweeping A and M was probably enough, but they won 24 straight, 18 and 0 uh, to start conference. So that's crazy, uh, yeah. isn't
0: it? To stop it, and it think is, about I that, mean,
1: you you just don't see anybody. I mean, in any league, you don't see people doing that, and and uh, and that's you know that's why it was a Big 12 record and and is a Big 12 record. And uh, yeah, I mean, and and you know, I don't know that that was the most talented team, um, but they just won. Uh, and they did have some great players. I mean, obviously, Max Muncie was on that team. Josh Turley was on that team. Uh, Josh Ludy had an amazing year. Um, but, yeah, a lot of those guys were back. I believe uh, the count was around 15. I think in the picture that they took down on the field, there was like 18, um, 18 people in the photo, and that included uh, Smitty and, and, and Margaret. So, uh, you know, yeah, about 15 or 16 players were there uh, for the reunion and, and Josh Turley threw out the first pitch to Josh Looney. And, <laughs> and actually, actually I missed that, but apparently it was a Hummer and I mean, it just right down the pipe and hard. And, uh, Bryce Terry asked Turley about it and he said, that's all I had. <laughs> he said he gave it everything he had. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. And they had a, they had a dinner that night, uh, you know, and it was just, a, it was a fun weekend. It was Good to have those guys. Good to have Smitty back on campus, and, and I think he enjoyed it. I really do. I think he enjoyed being back. I think he enjoyed seeing a lot of those guys. I got to visit with him a little bit um, during the uh, Saturday game. So, it was just fun to have all those guys back.
0: Baylor baseball, speaking of them, they were able to salvage the game three against Texas Tech and, and get a W11 to W11-7. How much work is ahead of this team right now?
1: Oh a lot. I mean that that it certainly helped. It kind of, you know, stopped the the bleeding a little bit, I guess, Ward. But uh, you know, there's there's some big series left and and I, I think it actually helps that, you know, you get the midweek game tomorrow and then you get a little bit of a break. I mean some people would say, uh, you want to get back out there and keep you know, keep the momentum going. Well that was that was just one game. I think it'll help a lot more to get your pitching rested and, and you know, maybe uh, in another couple of weeks, Blake Helton is ready to go extend his start a little bit and and maybe, you know, go three, four, five innings. So I think that's that's actually a good time. And then you go on the road to K-State and, and back here against Oklahoma State. So those are a couple of big series left. Um, but, you know, at least you got that one. Um, you, you just really couldn't afford another sweep. Um, and, and I think probably, you know, I think most people see, and softball is kind of in the same boat now. Um, you know, baseball is going to probably have to win the the Big 12 tournament to have a chance to get the NCAA play. But, you know, I think this at least keeps you afloat. And, and, uh, you know, now if you can go, you know, win those last couple of series and get a little momentum going into the uh, Big 12 tournament, maybe you can do some damage there. Jerry,
0: big weekend for Baylor football. You have six players, a record six players drafted in the NFL draft. What were your overall takeaways from that?
1: Yeah, I I tell you, Garrett, um, the The fact that so many of those guys went the second day, that surprised me. I I wasn't surprised that that many got drafted. I thought Abram Smith would maybe get drafted as well, but wound up signing as a free agent with the Saints. But, uh, no, the the fact that you had two second-rounders with Petrie and Taquan Thornton and then two more in in the third round with uh, J.T. Woods and Terrell Bernard, uh, it it was a great weekend, great draft for Baylor, um, tied the – program record set in 2016 but that was uh for a seven round draft I should say but that was with uh, Rico Gathers from basketball um being drafted by the Cowboys as a tight end so you know technically this is the most ever drafted in a seven round draft from the football team so yeah it was great and then you know other guys getting an opportunity to sign as free agents I think the total was 11 um you know with five signings so uh yeah it was good and and a lot of those guys are I think I think seriously a lot of those guys are going to have a chance to to make the final rosters and you
0: mentioned Abram that's I want to touch on that real quick so he's gets 22 222,000 guaranteed 207 base 15,000 yeah. signing bonus is he the one that has the best opportunity of sticking with the team in that scenario given the he's got the money on the table
1: oh I think as a free agent for sure yeah that's what I mean um, you just don't get that you know I mean that's that's unheard of and And I mean, I think that says a little bit about how the Saints feel about him. And and I think the longer it went, I mean, as much as you want to be drafted, as much as you want your name to be called, I think at that point, it's really better because then you can kind of pick and choose the best situation. And I'm sure his agent, you know, saw the opportunity there with the Saints. I'm sure a lot of team, I'm sure he got a lot of calls from teams. So um, that just wound up being the best situation for him. And, And yeah, I mean, as as a, much of that is guaranteed i think he's got a good shot to make that roster
0: let's take it back to softball for just a second you mentioned baseball probably has to to win the uh, the big 12 yeah. tournament and and i would agree with you uh what about softball where's glenn moore's team at 27 and 21 you know as the as they look at at conference standings and, and rpi and strength of schedule and all of those type of things where is glenn moore's team and, and what do they got to do
1: well, Tommy, I think they really had to – and Glenn pretty much said that after the game. I I think that was a series they had to win. Um, and nothing else, it would lock you into fourth place in the Big 12. That's not bad. Um, but now Iowa State, if they just win the series uh, at Kansas, I think it is. That's their last one in Kansas in last place. If Iowa State wins that series, um, you know, unless Baylor really – make some hay this weekend against texas then iowa state's going to be fourth and i just think it it puts you in a position where now you've got to go do some uh work in the big 12 tournament um you know maybe if you win the texas series uh maybe you don't have to win the big 12 i mean i was surprised last year honestly when they they wound up as a two seed uh, in a regional so um you know I, I know rpi isn't everything but their rpi was 56 don't think it's going to go up you know losing Iowa State although Iowa State was right there I mean I think they were like 62nd or 63rd so it wasn't like a huge upset or anything but I think it was a series you had to win and they just as he said they they picked a bad time to have maybe their worst game in a long time so uh it's a struggle now and 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 like I said you got the split series with Texas coming up this week and then the big 12 tournament
0: Jerry, Gary Bohannon's entered the transfer portal. What does that quarterback room look like now for the Baylor Bears?
1: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a little lonely, I guess. Um, you know, there that makes only three guys in there, and that's assuming he does go. I mean, I, you know, obviously he's going to have some opportunities. I think I saw where he had visited Missouri. So, uh, Gary's definitely going to have some opportunities, but he could always choose to come back here. But, yeah, I – I'm sure he's, he's going to pick another play. So that leaves you, uh, Blake Shapin. obviously he did the job when he was called on last year, had a, you know, had a great, uh, championship game and then, you know, hurt his shoulder. So you've got him coming back. Kyron drones, uh, was a guy that I didn't think looked very good that first spring he was here. He's improved quite a bit. I, I, I thought I saw him make, you know, some really good strides, uh, True uh, spring ball, and I, I think Coach Aranda said that in the in the press conference after the Big 12 championship game. That that's a guy that has really made a lot of progress, um, you know. And then you've got CJ Rogers, uh, guy out of Argyle that uh, won a state championship, uh, and uh, you know was 16 and 0, or was it Alito? I can't remember. It was Argyle.
0: It. You're right. It was Argyle. Okay,
1: it was Argyle. So 16 and 0, state champion, but just came as a preferred walk on. Had some other opportunities. He's actually a good-looking guy, about six-three, um, you know. So I, I think they're okay. I've wondered though too if, if you know, if Gary does wind up leaving, do you at least look for somebody, uh, you know, in case Shapen goes down? You know, is Kyron Drones ready? I don't know. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll he's going into his second year, so is, I'm not sure he's ready for that if Shapen happened to go down. So I'm, you know, if you can find somebody that can, you know, at least step in. Uh, if there's an injury or something, I think maybe you, you go that route. Um, otherwise, you go with these three. I think C.J., uh, you know, and he played pretty well in the uh, spring game as well. He had a long touchdown pass. So uh, maybe put him on scholarship and make him that third guy. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, maybe take a look and see who's available in the portal. It's You know, it's getting a little bit late. Um, but, you know, I, I I think maybe this summer they look and see who's out there.
0: Let's stick with portal talk, Jerry. So earlier, probably about 30 minutes ago, Jonathan Giovanni from ESPN's uh, NBA draft analyst has announced that Matthew Meyer has entered the transfer portal, but is also trying to get ready for the NBA draft. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, that's a little surprising. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think with what they had brought in, um, maybe he thought, you know, there wasn't a spot for him next year. I think there is. I think he could definitely help this team next year, but uh you know, maybe he's just keeping his options open. I think that includes the draft, obviously. But, uh, you know, if, if if something comes out of the portal and he's able to go somewhere else and maybe make more of an impact, maybe he's ready for a fresh start. Um, I can I can see that a little bit. And like I said, with some of the guys that they brought in, um, you know, they filled, I think they prepared for him leaving. So, you know, I think that's what, maybe that's what he was looking at. Like, you know, that that they had filled those spots and he didn't really have, but I think he does have a spot here if he wants to come back. So, um yeah, that is interesting uh, Garrett, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. It, it we're
0: still fairly new to the portal business.
1: Uh,
0: how how do players and coaches navigate this in your opinion Jerry when, when when are there players that are entering the portal just to explore, just to maybe dip their toe in the water but really don't want to leave? Or I mean, is our coaches offended when they see a play? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is what is the mindset of both the player and the coach when 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 this happens? Because I I, I wonder if if when a player enters, do they are they do they all want to leave, or, or are they just kind of looking as you said a minute ago, exploring options?
1: Right. I think that's some of it, and I don't know what the percentages are, but not everybody that enters the portal leaves. Um, now I will say it, it does send a message to the to the coaches to coach that you know maybe you're you're not happy or you're you want to leave. But uh, yeah, I think and I I have never thought this was a great idea in terms of um, you know just I think we've gone away from student athlete. I think when you start giving guys opportunities to just go wherever they want a free agent market. I I think it's wrong. Um, and I feel the same way about NIL. Um, you know, I, I think a scholarship is worth a lot of money. Uh, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be paid anything, but I, I just think the NIL, the way it is right now is set up, uh, you know, I I think you can abuse the system. And I I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's something that is eventually, if it hadn't already, I think it's going to hurt college athletics, but yeah, I think the transfer portal, is for that I think some guys do just want to explore their options and see what's out there and see if there is a better opportunity how how green the grass is on the other side of the fence. So I think some guys do it for that. Obviously, when you lose your job and then you don't feel like you're wanted or or you feel like your uh, opportunity isn't here anymore, then you know then you're entering the transfer portal to actually transfer and leave. but I think some guys just put their name in there and see what kind of interest they get.
0: Hey, uh, what do you got coming up on the Insider?
1: Well, we got a little bit of a light week, Tommy. We actually have baseballs off this week for final exams other than the Tuesday game against Charlton State. Uh, softball has the split series with Texas, uh, and I'm actually finishing up uh, my magazine that will come out uh, at the end of this month. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it does get a little bit lighter now, but uh, and then we've got NCAA tennis announcement uh, tonight. So, still a lot going on.
0: Jerry, as always, it is a pleasure. Thanks for the time this morning. Thank you, gentlemen. See you later. That's Jerry Hill.